Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 10 of Revelation chapter 21. We're continuing to look at verse 5. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. In our last study, we were looking at God's statement in the book of Isaiah, in Isaiah 43, verses 18 through 21 where God says, Behold, I will do a new thing. And the former things would not be remembered. And he goes on to speak of opening uh, waters in the desert. And um, he uses the language of um, formation or creation of a new people. And he also had in view the creation of a new heaven and a new earth. And so from there, we went to Romans chapter 8. I'd like to turn back there to begin with. In Romans chapter 8, it says in verse 18, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creature. Now in this passage... The word creature is actually referring to the creation. And it is translated as creation uh, one time in this passage. So I'm going to um, change the word to creation. For the earnest expectation of the creation waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. For the creation was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who has subjected the same in hope. Because the creation itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. And not only they, but ourselves also which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our body. Now, we can see how God is using very similar language to describe this creation that has been subjected to corruption. And what he means by that is back in the Garden of Eden. Remember, it was a good creation, a perfect world, and man was perfect. But after man fell into sin, and um, the sentence of death came upon man, and the curse came upon man for his sin, then God also cursed the creation because he could not have an imperfect creature having dominion over a perfect creation. 
and it also served God's purposes in many ways, as part of the curse upon man would be a curse creation. He would no longer be able to uh, work the ground and easily and, and would bring forth fruit uh, in a beautiful way. But now he would work by the sweat of his brow and there would be thorns and thistles. And, of course, we know as a result of the curse on the creation, it, it brought all sorts of evil things in the world, such as hurricanes, earthquakes, and uh, tsunamis, and, and all kinds of things, tornadoes, that serve God's purpose of making sure that mankind remembered the judgment of God upon him and upon this creation that he was given dominion over. But anyway, here God is, as it were, putting words in the mouth of the creation itself. And the words God is putting in the mouth of the creation are not uh, make sure that um, you conserve properly and do everything in an energy-efficient way so the world can continue forever and ever or for billions of years. No, the creation, the way God is saying, God is the one who would know, is expressing a desire to be delivered. As it says, the creation was made subject to vanity. And then in verse 21, because the creation itself also shall be delivered. And this word delivered, it's only here found as delivered, but it's translated as made free in a few places. For instance, in John 8, 32, 36, we're not going to turn there, but remember when Jesus said, if the Son shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. Well, that's this same word. And that had to do with being freed from bondage to sin, as Christ was speaking to men. And here, it also relates to bondage uh, in Romans 8.21 concerning the creation. The creation itself also shall be delivered or made free from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. And there, that word liberty is a word that identifies with being made free. Stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ Jesus had made you free. It says in Galatians 5 verse 1. And so the creation is groaning, as it were, and travailing in pain together until now, waiting to be made free, to be delivered, to be translated as as the body of believers in our cursed, corrupt physical body that we find ourselves in in this world. God has saved us and given us a new heart and a new spirit. So we're a new creature inwardly in our soul existence, but outwardly we're still the same Man, we still have sin, we still have the weakness of sin, and and our body will certainly die, 
given enough time and the will of God. And, and so the child of God groans within himself looking for the redemption of the body that is to be made new to receive the resurrection of the body. And God is saying it's the same for the creation. The creation wants to be made new. To put it simply, and of course, um, this is something that God is saying, and, and therefore it's truth. It, it's not as though uh, cats and dogs and cows and and lions and tigers and bears um, have any sort of conscious understanding of this, but but the whole creation, and that would be all the animals and all the insects and all the fish and and all the birds that fly into heaven and the, all the plants and the whole creation is groaning and and it, looking forward to redemption. And, and so, Lord willing, if we're correct, October 7th, 2015, will be the end of this world. And at that point, for the child of God, it would be the end of our physical body because we would be raptured at some point and caught up to be with the Lord and we would receive our new resurrected spiritual body. And it will also be the end of the longing of the creation itself as God will destroy the creation, this present creation, with a fervent heat and recreate a new heaven and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. And, and so that's um, the good news for mankind, for God's elect, for the people of God. It's, it's a wonderful news. And for the creation, it's wonderful news that the time of their bondage, of its bondage, will come to an end. Well, going back to Revelation 21, in verse 5, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write. This is God speaking to the Apostle John. And of course, God dictated to all the prophets of old, to all the uh, writers of the Bible, as we would find if we went to the book of Jeremiah, God came to Jeremiah and said, write, and write the words that I tell you. And Jeremiah had a scribe, and and he wrote them all down. And, and that's how the Bible was written, right from the mouth of God. And and here God, all the way towards the end of the Bible, is continuing with the same form, following the same pattern of dictating to holy men of old and moving them by his Spirit to record the written word of God. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and Faithful. Now, we would say that this is um, applying to all the things that have just been mentioned in the previous verses of Revelation 21, but actually it has application to the whole book of Revelation because God has been uh, 
doing the same thing, uh, giving John visions, divine revelation, and telling him to write, to record these things. And, and uh, it's true of the whole book of Revelation. These words are true and faithful. As a matter of fact, it's true of the whole Bible. Because God made sure he took perfect care to protect the word of God so that every word of God is pure. We read in Psalm 12. that, And in order to be pure, it must be holy. It must be true. Because a lie would make it impure, unholy, and it, it just cannot be. God is giving us assurance um, in a condescending way. He's um, speaking to the reader, and he's stopping after just making some tremendously glorious statements concerning the present creation that we reside in passing away, and a new creation coming, and the declaration that he makes all things new, and then he stops as though he were uh, looking out upon us, the reader, and and perhaps knowing the heart and the mind of man, knowing our limitations that uh, we all are limited by in this world. We we read these things. We've read just um, all sorts of incredible things in the Bible. By this time, if if we had read the Bible all the way through from Genesis. And now we're coming to the close of the whole Bible and, and we read, um, God putting an emphasis on his entire book. And he says, these words are true and faithful. And we look back and we say, wow. So the, the, the creation at the very beginning, true and faithful. That's how it happened. And then God um, looking out and seeing man committing only evil continually and, and and therefore bringing the flood and destroying the world that had only been operating for a little over 6,000 years. Yes, true and faithful. And and then reading about um, the, the period of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and the, the sons of Jacob and Joseph that faithful man of God, true and faithful. And then the period in Egypt, the the captivity of 430 years to the very day, and then that tremendous uh, grand deliverance where God sent Moses and, uh, and, and brought plagues upon Egypt that brought the great and mighty Nation, the greatest nation in the world of that time to its knees, true and faithful. There were plagues that came upon Egypt. There was the death of the firstborn. And, and, and there was a parting of the sea when Egypt was, uh, trapped at, at the point of the Red Sea. And God parted the waters. And while He parted them, He had a wall of fire holding back the Egyptians. And his people passed through the sea as on dry ground. And when the Egyptians are saying to do so, 
went through, their their chariot wheels were caught, and finally realized that God fought against them and for Israel, and then the sea collapsed upon them, and all the Egyptians, including Pharaoh, were as dead men drowned in the Red Sea. And yes, those words are true and faithful. And the 40-year wilderness sojourn took place and, and all the mighty miracles that God performed at that time when uh, he sustained them with a miraculous bread from heaven called manna and he gave them water out of a rock and he um, made it so that their shoes did not wax old and and were good for use the entire 40-year period. And many miracles God did, and he gave his Ten Commandments to Moses. And yes, those accounts that we rate, we read in this holy book, the Bible, are true and faithful. And then the murmuring of the Israelites and the judgment of God upon them, the, the fire coming down from heaven, or the earth opening up as a mouth and swallowing some of the rebels and the plague that God brought upon them and so forth. All those words are true and faithful. The biting of the serpents and and when the people look to the brazen serpent that God had Moses make, then they were healed of of that plague. And on and on it goes. Uh, the crossing of Jordan, and once again the rivers stood uh, and allowed the Israelite nation to cross over into the promised land of Canaan. And what a a mighty thing God did uh, right at the start of the conquest of the land of Canaan by causing the walls of the great city Jericho to fall down after Israel and the led by the ark encompassed the city 13 times and once a day for six days and seven times on the seventh day and then the walls came falling down. Those words also are true and faithful. And we we just keep reading the Bible and the child of God is um, transfixed. We, we can't uh, we we can't take our eyes off of this uh, wondrous word, this this incredible word of God that has as God has done all these things and He's telling us about them, and they're all true and faithful, and it reveals a mighty God, an almighty God, an awesome God, who can do uh, great things indeed for His people. And we also read of God's promises and the fulfillment of some and the future expectation of fulfillment of others. And, and we continue going through the holy book, the Bible, and it, it's just too much, isn't it? it? It's certainly too much to mention, to keep in mind, and yet God confirms it all. Yes, all the things you've read in the Bible... No matter how the world would look at it, hearing about the slaying of giants as David 
the uh, young lad uh, went to battle against the mighty Goliath and he only had a sling and a stone and there was that that enormous giant with full of armor coming towards him ready to kill him and certainly he would yet David trusted in his God and he slung the stone and it hit Goliath in the forehead and he dropped down dead and David took his sword and cut off the giant's head. What uh, an amazing, true story that is that God tells us about his people. Or the the accounts of the enemy invaders coming against Jerusalem and of the Assyrian army when Hezekiah was king and, and uh, coming uh, so the people could hear on the wall and boasting of all the nations and their gods that the Assyrian king had conquered. And yet God had Hezekiah spread out their message. And and Hezekiah and Isaiah prayed to God because these men were blaspheming, speaking evil of the God of Israel. And what did God do? Well, in the morning... That whole army of 185,000 men was dead. They were all dead men. And the, the whole army, they, they just died in the night. Uh, and that was the hand of God. And, you know, God's people, we read these accounts, we read them, and we praise God. We know God did these things. We know that he used men like Gideon and Jephthah, that he used men like Samson and David. We know that God um, performed miracles with Elisha and Elijah. We know that God did all these things and we read it in and, and we drink it in and, oh, our God is a great and mighty God and he is true and faithful in everything that he has said. And we we sometimes get so excited reading all the historical accounts of the Bible and all of the, the blessed acts of God as he has moved his prophets to record them. And yet we know they all took place. They all happen in time, in history they are the the record that God has given us of his faithfulness towards his people, of his integrity, of his truthfulness, and of his complete intent of fulfilling every word, jot and tittle, every promise that he's ever made to his people. But we also know that the Bible was completed in the first century A.D., which is almost 2,000 years ago. And once the Bible was completed, God ended the divine revelation or the communication with prophets. And he no longer broke the barrier of the supernatural um, as he did even in the book of Acts. He would have... Peter or Paul do miracles 
in order to verify and to prove and to show that they were the true prophets of God and and the formation of the New Testament church was of God, but God ended all that. All the, the glorious things we read of. He no longer would part seas over the New Testament era. He no longer would cause walls to fall down or armies to drop down dead. He no longer would have um, teenagers slay giants or all all the the wonderful things that he did have his people do. All the acts and uh, records of faithfulness of the people of God were performed during the time the Bible was being compiled and no longer after the Bible was completed. And, and so God's people now for hundreds of years, for centuries, for thousands of years by our time must only look to the Bible. You can't see the, the workings of God as far as miracles go the acts of God outside of the Bible. The only miraculous thing God was doing over the course of the New Testament era was saving sinners and creating a new heart within them, but nobody could see that because that was salvation of their soul and the soul's invisible. And and so even though the Bible was working, God was actively saving people over these centuries, yet... There, there was no more outward, dramatic, dynamic occurrences to show the people of the world that God was working. And so over the course of time, the world that, that demands to see or hear or, or taste or, or feel something in order to believe it begins to move away from the Bible and from the God of the Bible, and until our time where it's not even much of a consideration any longer, because, well, that that's an old ancient book, and it speaks of ancient things, and it, it really has no uh, impact, it has no relationship to modern life. And so the world goes on thinking that the God of the Bible and the Bible itself is not something it needs to concern itself with. And yet, God is saying here, these words are true and faithful. And the words of God speak of a future fulfillment of something that has never been fulfilled during the time of the compilation of the Bible It is the end of all things. It is the judgment on the churches. It is the judgment on the world. It is the destruction of the earth and the formation, the creation of a new heaven and a new earth. God has said those things as well as all the other things we read of in the Bible. And those words are also true and faithful. And what God has said... He will perform. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. 
You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over Pal Talk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.